0: You're listening to The Lives of the Puritans, stories and biographical accounts written by Joel Beakey, Randall Peterson, and Benjamin Brooke. If you're interested about how the Puritans conducted themselves in fighting for religious liberty in the face of tyranny and persecution, then please join me and faithful men across the world as we read and discuss The Lives of the Puritans. This celebrated divine was born at Shotwich in Cheshire about the year 1549, was the youngest of 17 children, and educated in Jesus College, Cambridge, where he continued nearly 16 years and was chosen fellow of the house. During his abode in the university, he became thoroughly convinced of his sins, betook himself to deep humiliation, and earnestly sought the blessings of pardon and peace through Jesus Christ, which, to his unspeakable comfort, he at last obtained. While at Cambridge, he was particularly intimate with Drs. Fulk, Chatterton, Whittaker, and others who held their weekly meetings for prayer and expounding the scriptures. In the year 1615, a divine of the same name and no doubt the same person was elected proctor at the university. Having received an invitation to become pastor at Hanwell in Oxfordshire, he left the university and entered upon the stated exercises of the Christian ministry. In this situation... He preached frequently, catechized the youth, and united with others in a weekly lecture at Banbury. His labors at Hanwell were numerous and most extensively useful. It is observed that hundreds of souls were at this place converted under his ministry. Mr. Dodd's great popularity and usefulness in the above situation roused the envy of several neighboring ministers who, though they seldom preached themselves, would not allow their people to go and hear him and for the singular crime of multitudes flocking to his ministry, he was several times questioned in the bishop's courts. In addition to this, being exercised with some other trials, he was induced to consult Mr. Greenham, his excellent father-in-law. This Reverend divine, after hearing his complaints said, "'Son, son, when affliction lieth heavy, sin lieth light,' and gave Mr. Dodd such suitable advice that he had abundant cause to bless God for it, and found it of excellent use all the rest of his days. However, he was at length suspended from his ministry at Hanwell by Dr. Bridges, Bishop of Oxford. Being driven from his affectionate and beloved people, he preached a short time at Compton in Warwickshire, then accepted an invitation to Canons Ashby in Northamptonshire. In the latter situation, he was treated with peculiar kindness by Sir Erasmus Dryden, a gentleman of great learning and piety. But he did not continue long without molestation, for upon the complaint of Bishop Neil he was silenced by the archbishop. When his efforts of public usefulness were set aside, he went about from house to house, giving private instructions, and by his pious discourse and holy deportment, he was nearly as useful as when he enjoyed his public ministry. He was particularly desirous of a more pure reformation of the church, And therefore united with his brethren in subscribing the Book of Discipline. He continued under the above suspension several years, but on the accession of King James, Sir Richard Knightley procured him his liberty, and he renewed his ministerial labors at Fosley in Northamptonshire, where he continued in great reputation and usefulness all the rest of his days. Here also he felt the iron rod of the prelates, and, as in the three former situations, he was for a time suspended from his public ministry. Mr. Dodd was a pattern of patience. He bore his numerous trials with great meekness of spirit and holy resignation to the will of God. He used to say, Sanctified afflictions are spiritual promotions. In the 63rd year of his age, he labored under extreme bodily affliction and was brought to the very brink of the grave. But when the physician, who gave a check to his complaint, told him he had then some hope of his recovery, the good old man replied, You think to comfort me by what you say, but you make me sad. It is the same as if you had told one who had been sorely weather-beaten at sea and was expecting to enter the desired haven, that he must return to sea, to be tossed by fresh winds and waves. Having a comfortable assurance of heaven, he was desirous to leave the world and to be with Christ. And as he enjoyed much divine consolation in his own mind, so, in numerous remarkable instances, he administered the same to others. This venerable divine used to say, I have no reason to complain of any crosses, because they are the bitter fruit of my sin. Nothing shall hurt us but sin, and that shall not hurt us if we can repent of it. And nothing can do us good but the love and favor of God in Christ, and that we shall have if we seek it in good earnest." Afflictions are God's potions, which we may sweeten by faith and prayer, but we often make them bitter by putting into God's cup the ill ingredients of impatience and unbelief. There is no affliction so small, but we shall sink under it, if God uphold us not. And there is no sin so great, but we shall commit it, if God restrain us not. A man who hath the spirit of prayer hath more than if he hath all the world. And no man is in a bad condition but he who hath a hard heart and cannot pray. During the civil wars, when some of the king's party came to his house and threatened to take away his life, this heavenly divine, with holy confidence, replied, If you do, you will send me to heaven where I long to be. But you can do nothing except God give you leave. When they broke open his chests and cupboards and carried away what they pleased, his only complaint was, The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When they came a second time, he was confined to his bed by sickness. But though they cut away the curtains from his bed and took the pillowcases from under his head, he uttered not a murmuring word. Coming a third time, and having taken most of the linen and household stuff and brought them into the room in which the good old man sat warming himself by the fire, he, during their absence to search for more, took a pair of sheets, and put them under the cushion on which he sat, greatly pleasing himself after they were gone that he had plundered the plunderers and by a lawful robbery saved so much of his own property. Mr. Dodd was exceedingly beloved, though not without his enemies. These, out of malice, stigmatized him faith and repentance because he was constantly recommending these two things. He was a person of great moderation And when he was questioned about subscription and the ceremonies, he was always equally ready to give his opinion and cautious in giving his advice. He urged all who desired his opinion upon these points to take heed against being influenced by the example or arguments of others, but to look to God and his holy word for direction. He used to ask them whether they could suffer in that cause alone if all others were dead. Though he was a strict nonconformist, and bore his share of sufferings in the cause. He was of a most liberal spirit, and loved all who loved Christ. As old age and afflictions came upon him, he usually compared himself to Samson when his hair was cut, saying, I rise in the morning as Samson did, and think I will go forth as at other times. But alas, I soon find an alteration. I must stoop to old age, which hath clipped my hair and taken away my strength but I am not afraid to look death in the face. I can say, Death, where is thy sting? Death cannot hurt me. To a wicked man death is unwelcome, but to a child of God, who hath labored and suffered much, death is welcome, that he may rest from his labors. During his last sickness, he was exercised with most grievous pains, but was eminently supported and comforted in the exercise of faith and patience. He wrestled hard with Satan, and at last overcame. He longed to be with Christ, and his desire was granted. His last words were, I desire to be dissolved and to be with Christ. He finished his course and received the crown of righteousness in the year 1645, aged 96 years when his remains were interred at Fosley Church. It is recorded of Mr. Dodd that one evening, being late in his study, his mind was strongly impressed, though he could assign no reason for it to visit a gentleman of his acquaintance at a very unseasonable hour. Not knowing the design of providence, he obeyed and went. When he came to the house, after knocking a few times at the door, the gentleman himself came and inquired whether he wanted him upon any particular business. Mr. Dodd having answered in the negative and signified that he could not rest till he had seen him, the gentleman replied, "Oh, sir, you are sent of God at this very hour. For I was just now going to destroy myself, and immediately pulled the halter out of his pocket by which he had intended to commit the horrid deed. Thus the mischief was prevented. It is observed of Mr. Dodd that a person, being once enraged at his close and awakening doctrine, picked a quarrel with him, smote him in the face, and dashed out two of his teeth. This meek and lowly servant of Christ, without taking the least offense, spit out the teeth and blood into his hand and said, See here, you have knocked out two of my teeth without any just provocation, but on condition I might do your soul good, I would give you leave to dash out all the rest. Thus Mr. Dodd was not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good.